welcome to the first ever episode of Chucking a Sickie. I'm very excited to be here with you. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest to go through their perfect day off. It starts off with their worst job, and then the excuse they would use to get out of work. And then we have the whole day off, so we have to start off the day just right with that song that pumps you up for the day. Then, your favorite meal, and of course, to finish off the day, what adventures do you get up to in the afternoon? A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. Obviously, I realize that in order to have this perfect day off, you have to give some type of excuse to get out of work. So I thought it's only fair that each episode, I give what excuse I would use to get out of work for the day. So this week, I can't go to work because I was on a merchant ship that was sailing to Kenya and it was taken over by Somali pirates. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up from Aussie comedian superstars to local bands, some playwrights, actors, and hell, maybe even George Clooney's stunt double from Ocean's 13. But this week, to start off the podcast just right, we have the one, the only, Heath Franklin. Now, for those living under a pretty sizable rock, Heath Franklin has been on the comedy scene for over 15 years. He's often known for donning that famous moustache as the guy that plays Chopper. He's an actor and winner of the 2018 Comics Choice Award at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Heath is currently on tour with his latest show, Out of Character. You can check him out at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to 23rd of April, the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 17th to the 21st of May, and the Brisbane Comedy Festival from the 25th to 28th of May. Links to his tickets are in the description. So make sure to get your tickets because this guy is just bloody hilarious. Now, this is our first episode, so I would love for all of you to subscribe and give us a rating just to know how you found it. But for now... Pull out the thermometer and get ready to call your boss because we are going to be chucking a sickie. Chuck a sickie. Welcome, Heath, to Chucking a Sickie. So, so excited to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. Look, uh, the whole purpose of this show is to go through your perfect day off. But in order to have that perfect day, you've got to start off with the worst job you've ever had because you've got to get out of that. So for you, what has been the worst job you've ever had? I'm glad we're doing this because... After a couple of years of COVID, the idea of chucking a sickie from my comedy job is devastating and, <laughs> and quietly makes me irrationally angry at you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, good, good start. Good yeah, start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, another day off after two whole years of it. That'll be good. Um, no, I think the worst job I ever had was, I mean, most of them started off as good jobs mm. and then I got a new manager who was a douchebag and then they turned into bad jobs. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. One of them was at Woolies for a veg department, started off an amazing job. And then this guy came in and he was like, oh, I'm going to shape everything up. And it was like, it was great beforehand. And then everyone hated him and everyone left and it sucked. So Yeah, and how much are you shaking up the fruit and veg department of Woolies? You know, like, what are you doing yeah. in that situation? I mean, the last manager was great. The guy who hired me was like, you look, the store's closed. Let's have a fruit and vegetable fight. Because, <laughs> you know, you may as well enjoy life. And then we clean it up and sort it out. And this, this place would be spotless the next day, but... Um, what what fruit or veg would you go to in a fruit and veg fight? Like, what was your go-to weapon of choice? Oh, nothing too hard. You don't want to start pinging around rambutans. <laughs> yeah. They're a bit much. Yeah. Um, my cheese are a bit spiky and they're quite heavy in the middle. Yeah. Uh, artichokes are surprisingly painful as well. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah. They've got the hefty artichokes. Yeah, yeah. They're not something just to fling around. But usually you're going for the overripe stuff anyway that's got to go for the bin, so... Yeah, that yeah. probably makes more sense instead of wasting food, I guess. Yeah, you don't <laughs> use the green tomatoes use the kind of just past red yeah um so how long were you in that job for i guess with with the terrible manager oh about six months six months okay so you stuck it out decently i feel like with most people a bad job that they've had it's only ever six months no one's staying in a bad job for more than six months yeah yeah 
And I mean, I kind of assumed I was going to outlast them as well. Yeah. I was like, all right, blow in. Let's yeah. see how long you last. <laughs> but they were just so painful. I was like, no, I'm out of here. I'm done. See yeah. you later. I quit over the phone. They were like, you got to come in today. I was like, no, I'm at uni. And they're like, no, you have to come in. I was like, I'm not prioritizing yeah, this my, my stupid fruit and vegetable department job. I can't even have fruit fights anymore. Yeah. And you want me to come in while I'm doing my tertiary education. So I just yeah. told them to stick What's it the over point? the phone. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I guess a job that I saw that you had as a comedian was that you did you did a, um, a show on a boat uh, like a stripper boat. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. I was just like, that sounds awful. That was horrible. How did you, how'd you get into that situation? Well, it was just booked as a corporate gig. It was supposed to be like a mineral management lunch yeah. on a boat. And so I, I flew from Sydney down to Melbourne and they were like, all right, your contacts at the Docklands. I bet this very nice lady. She was like, all right, so the strippers are already on the boat. And there was one of those record scratch, like, screw moments. I was like, Sorry, what? Like the strippers are on the boat. I was like, oh great! And it was a like a boatload. Yeah, that is that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so I spent, I was given the choice of hanging out with them, which was just way too awkward, or going to the captain's room. I think there's a more nautical term for that. Yeah, it's a room the captain was in. So I'm just going to say that. And and he was gross as well. Like he kept looking at the strippers and was like, I can't go anywhere without this being disgusting. Yeah, and um. <laughs> and then like there was the DJ who was you know the, the strippers DJ yeah and so there was like all these gross dudes just eating a schnitzel on a boat oh, that sounds awful and um, and then after a bunch of strippers and schnitzels they sent me down just a bunch of dudes who were like half aroused <laughs> the stomach full of schnitzel like what am I supposed to do with character comedy now yeah. <laughs> well, I'm dressed like Chopper doing like, no hi buddy. and oh because it was in the middle of the boat as well. Oh, so everyone like because strippers are a three hundred and sixty dimensional yeah art form, right? You can viewed from any direction basically. Yeah. Comedy, <laughs> if you're ignoring half the audience, and if they're already not interested in you. Yeah, it's, it's hard work. That that sounds like a terrible gig to have. It's actually yeah. funny you mentioned being surprised by strippers. Uh, for my eighteenth birthday, I actually had it on a boat with a friend. And the captain halfway through the party was like, oh, we've just got to pull over because there's a Bucks party upstairs. I'm like, all right, no worries. And then like four or five strippers get onto the boat. And obviously all my 18-year-old mates are like, oh, this is fantastic. Meanwhile, my parents are like, this is a bad oh. situation. We have to get out of here. So your parents were there? My parents are there. My grandparents are there. It was a, it was a whole thing. Um, this is not what I expected as a very uh, nerdy 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah. It's a, lot, it's a lot to go from not strippers to suddenly strippers. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a big... <laughs> divide to cross yeah with your mum and dad <coughs> so this show obviously is is I know you've done a bit of work before as as yourself but this run of shows is is all about Heath um, and it's no longer Chopper I guess what are you excited about as as doing it as yourself I don't know I mean it's it's quite hard to articulate and I get got to get better at it because no one wants to hear me stammering through it <laughs> I, I guess it's kind of like um, I don't know if you play bass guitar but you also play guitar or drums or something like that yeah and everyone's like play that song on bass again and you're like but i can also play drums and everyone's <laughs> like shut up and play the bass um but yeah so i guess that's kind of closest to describing it i mean yeah the, the main thing is that my life and chopper's life are quite different you I, know yeah, especially I since so. i've become a parent yeah <laughs> and so you know you write about what you know and what i know is like you know 
getting toddlers dressed for school and yeah and that just doesn't work for chopper you know no i don't see chopper talking about getting the kids to school or something that's so relatable for the character yeah yeah it is funny i heard you mention in in another interview that you were on that um often when you do shows as chopper people are saying oh do that skit do that skit and it's very different like to singing along to a a song yeah because when you're doing comedy if you know the answer it's like it's just not as funny are you worried at all about people heckling you to do chopper in this in this new run not really. I guess it seems like a big deal for everyone else, but it doesn't seem like a big deal for me because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm May when I'm Chopper and I'm still May when I'm May. Yeah. So people will be like, how will you, how will you balance the difference? I'm like, I just pretty easily you know like and like people have, people, when I was doing trial shows for this, people have come on, you know, been like, where's Chopper? And I think initially I was quite like, screw you, there's drawn a line, like this is about Heath and this is Heath's territory. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, get on board. Like it's, it's going to be pretty similar, but, you know, kind yeah. of different in a few ways. Like, I guess, yeah, the main thing is that Chopper's sort of a very masculine, brutal character. Yeah. And I think there's a point where you kind of, if you lean into that side of your personality too much, <laughs> you become unsalvageable. So I think there's a, there's a bit of a call for a sort of modesty and honesty and dropping some of that macho for a while at least anyway. Yeah, and I guess for you, your Chopper, a couple of hours of a day if that and the rest of the time you're Heath so it makes yeah, a lot yeah. more sense I think audiences coming in are ex- like they're expecting a fantastic show from Heath I don't think anyone's going and saying oh I want to see Chopper but I mean as I've been as I've been saying it's kind of like you know when I initially told everyone that I was going to do Heath Franklin stuff especially on all the Chopper social medias they were like what why can't you do Chopper and for <laughs> me that's a little bit like seeing a ventriloquist and telling the human to shut up and just be like, <laughs> shut up, the puppet's the funny one, keep your mouth closed. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, I'm, I wrote all of Chopper's jokes. I've, you know, delivered all of Chopper's jokes. I don't know, I don't know what else you want from me. Like, yeah, I feel like there really is that disconnect between people where they're like, they, like you obviously wrote these jokes, you've met Chopper, it, he's not this funny guy that you've put on onto YouTube, right? Um, and on stage, it's so interesting how they're like, but, but you are Chopper, so why are you not Chopper right now? If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, hey, you can be Chopper if you want. Yeah. It's not yeah. like, just get a mustache and some glasses. <laughs> yeah. Treat yourself. Spend the whole week as Chopper if you want to. Like, I don't, I don't own it. Anyone yeah. can do it. I'm yeah. just the guy who does it the most. So, yeah, you know, go to, a, go to a fancy dress store and knock yourself out. And have a go with it. It yeah. is just, just one more thing on Chopper. Obviously, um, you've spoken before how you've met Chopper and he was trying to be the alpha. Have you ever met Eric Banner, who obviously inspired you <laughs> to, to do Chopper? <laughs> no, I haven't, but I've been thinking about it. And to a certain extent, he has more to be angry about with me doing <laughs> Chopper than the, the, the Chopper, because I'm clearly ripping off his version of Chopper. But yeah. I mean, I kind of assume he was like a sketch comedy guy. He started out in the trenches and then, you know, had his big break. So there'll hopefully be some sympathy. Yeah. But especially the dude's doing a lot better than I am. You can't stay too grudgy for too long. No, you? and I guess he started <laughs> probably in the castle many years ago as Costa. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know. He, humble origins. But we're going back to oh, your yeah. worst job because we, we can't forget the purpose of this, of the podcast. So... You've had a terrible job at Woolies um, where you've been working with a lot of, well, it used to be food fights and now it's just now it's trash. Just, yeah, jerks and bureaucracy and officiousness, yeah. Yeah, which is not what you want to see in Woolies. What excuses have you ever used or do you have a good excuse for getting out of work? Okay, I'll, I'll just go straight to the worst excuse. Yeah. And this wasn't necessarily me and it wasn't necessarily work. But um, <laughs> we had our kid in Auskick mm. trying to turn him into an AFL player against his will. Um, and part of that is you get canteen duty. Yeah. And the really young kids play really early on a Saturday morning, five or six or seven a.m. kind of thing. 
And we were supposed to be in canteen duty and I sort of rolled over in bed and I was like, I don't want to do canteen duty. And my wife was like, I don't want to do canteen duty. Yeah. Can we tell them we're sick? Yeah. Or something like that. And so my wife started sending a text message to the person who organised it and I was like, oh, what'd you say? And she said, oh, I said, we can't do canteen duty today because my father died. Oh, no. And I was like, dude, that is, <laughs> that is the nuclear response. Yeah, that is so extreme. That is too much. And also we've only got one more of them in our, like in our arsenal we yeah can, we can only play that card twice believably yeah i i feel like that's also something that you then have to back up after it's not an excuse you do one off and then move on oh you gotta wear black for the rest of the season <laughs> yeah. yeah have yeah, the man. armbands like yeah, the yeah. whole thing make the kids wear the armbands <laughs> the whole team i just arrived to the sausage sizzle the next week with a veil and yeah yeah did you have to did you have to in reality continue with that ruse or did they forget about it and move on um, we kept a pretty low profile after that. It was towards yeah. the end of the season as well, yeah. but yeah, it was it was definitely overkill. That is a, a terrible excuse, also because it's on the day of, so it would have just happened. The poor kid. It, surely it meant your kid couldn't play their game either. Yeah, we stayed at home that day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid's confused, like Grandpa's still alive. Like, why is this happening? Oh, and the, I mean the other thing is if like if someone messaged me on the day that my father died about <laughs> canteen duty. I wouldn't respond. Yeah. And then a week later, I'd be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is what happened. You're not like, oh, well, now that my dad's dead, I've got so much to organize. <laughs> First of all, I've got to get out of canteen duty. Then I've got to organize the funeral, the venue. Yeah. Most of all, canteen duties first. Like, it is true. I, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, if someone did pass away that was important in your life, like who do you have to tell? And I think you're right. Canteen duty is like bottom of the oh, list. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty phenomenal excuse. So you're getting out of Woolies because someone has died. Someone and hasn't died. But so, I'm someone hasn't died. It. Yeah, yeah. Are you worried about b- bad karma in relation to that? You know, saying something and then it comes into existence later. Um, I mean, it did eventually happen, but it wasn't <laughs> for years. Um, but I mean, I guess I don't know the way that I was treated at Woolies. I kind of feel like me lying to them was them getting their karma back. You yeah, know what okay. I mean? yeah. Like that's the end of the karma train. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. It all comes out in the wash. Okay, so look, you've gotten out of work um, because someone hasn't really died but definitely faked their own death. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, Now you've got to start the day because it's not a big night, it's a big day. What would be your Baraka performance song to start the day because you want to pump up song. It doesn't have to be your favourite song but something to start the day right. Probably a a one-two punch combo. Yeah, okay. Something to give me some BB bounce. (laughs) BB bounce. If, If you're listening. Um, the first one would probably be uh, Heaven's Gonna Burn Your Eyes Out by Thievery Corporation. That's the symphonic version of that. Okay. So Heaven Burns Your Eyes Out by... Heaven, Heaven's Gonna Burn Your Eyes Out by Thievery Corporation. Okay. I have no idea who they are. Um, are they a band that you like? A band that you've listened to a lot? I don't love them. I love this track. They're like German chill-out producers, okay. I suppose. Um, yeah, back in the nineties where you, you know, you couldn't walk anywhere without tripping over a chill out DJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just a great song. It starts off nice and slow. It's got strings and then the beat kicks in halfway through and you're like, yeah, all right, I can do this. I, I like that song. Um, I feel like there's been a few people that have had songs where, um, and maybe we'll hear this in future episodes, um, where it starts off slow and then it really punches you. And I feel like that's how most people want to wake up. You yeah, don't want yeah. to wake up with like Skrillex straight away, just in your face. You want something that starts off a bit more mellow and then punches upwards. Yeah, incidentally, while we're still doing the nostalgia of the Woolworths job, yeah. I used to have a, like one of those big CD players yeah. that I used to set as an alarm clock. Mm. 
and uh, I used to use Pearl Jam's Vitalogy as an alarm clock. Okay. Which is a great album, but the first 30, 45 seconds of it is just this horrible noise. <laughs> yeah. Just strings going, nee, nah, rah, nah, rah, yeah. and I used to wake up to it, and now I still hear it, and I'm like, shut up, I'm going to work, <laughs> I'm awake, I'm dressed. Like, well, I have flashbacks to waking makes, up to go to the job. It gives you a bit of PTSD, I feel, and I feel like yeah. a lot of people have that nowadays with their current alarm, where it's like, you know, the classic Apple alarm or whatever it may be. It's a shame though, because Pearl Jam, fantastic band, and now you've kind of got every time you hear the beginning of that album, just that you know that shuttle. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> please stop. But one thing, I mean, one thing I learned is because you know you start doing a big long tour, you got to pick a song to walk out on stage to. Yeah. And I'd always be like, my favorite song right now. That's what I'm using. And I get to the end of the tour, and I'd be like, I hate that song. Yeah, I can never it listen to it again. So you got to find something that's mid range. We're like, I like it. But I can also not pay attention to it. Yeah. And I think that's the secret for an alarm clock song. But Yeah, the same in between. I know that you used to walk out to Midnight Oil um, in, in the past. So you were saying that it changes. For Heath's show, is there a song that, you're, that you've picked to walk out to? Or are you just going to walk out to the background music? No, I think, I think at this stage I'm going to go out to uh, I'm Your Boogeyman by KC and the Sunshine Band. Okay. Just because, you know, I like it, yeah. but I don't love it. And if... In 12 months from now, I can never listen to it again. I'm like, yeah, cool. That's okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that mentality going forward. Because I feel like for me, a lot of the songs that I listen to on repeat, I then kill them. Exactly the same as you. So I feel like you've really hit the perfect middle of like a song that you can listen to that doesn't <laughs> kill you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, when I was on tour in New Zealand last year, it was a pretty solid tour, about four and a half weeks. Uh, and this guy that came with me was like, oh, I've picked all this music. He was my tech guy. Um, and then the song that he played for like sound checking everything was mm. April Sun in Cuba by Dragon. Okay. Which is like, I didn't like it before the tour started <laughs> yeah. and four weeks in, I was like, man, I can never listen to this song again. Yeah. I had to pull this kid aside and be like, dude, I don't be horrible. I can never hear this song again. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know if you remember it, but it's like, it's the most boring song in the world. Yeah. And if you're the guitarist, it goes literally like, it goes, dan, 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 dan than it for the whole song yeah and i i like when i hear that now i'm like i'll just go into a violent rage <laughs> yeah. and just yeah. and then scott morrison did his terrible cover of it and i was like this is the devil song this yeah. is the worst song that's ever been written this should never be played again and, ever like, yeah if i became super rich i would purge it from the earth yeah like, well i feel like that's that's something that people don't use enough if they're like billionaires there's so much potential there to just, I oh, guess, cancel oh, I'm things. I'm going to buy Twitter. No, get rid of April Sun in Cuba <laughs> forever. Dragon. Buy the masters. Yeah. Set them on fire. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like people, the world. people really have to pivot into to something that is useful for the world. Twitter, again, waste of time. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But Bill Gates, vaccines, whatever. <laughs> April Sun in Cuba still exists, Bill. Get, get rid Melinda. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that with each show, you, you change up the song you walk out to so you keep it fresh. But I guess, yeah, if you're playing it for a full year by the end of it, yeah, you probably want to claw your ears out. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah. you got to put it out to pasture. <laughs> yeah, okay, I love that as your, as your build-up song for the day. <coughs> so now you're pumped up, you're ready for the day, you're a bit hungry. So I guess in your local area or in your city, um, where would you go for your perfect meal? I don't know. I think usually the brunch meal for me is probably Yamcha. Okay. Is the best way to go. Yeah. And depending on how what sort of day you're going to have, maybe a couple of Ching's house as well in there yeah. just to <laughs> take the edge off. Yeah. But yeah, that, that would be my standard go-to. Which Yamcha do you go to or is, is it any Yamcha is good enough? 
Um, the one that I go to just for convenience is the one that's attached to Castle Hill RSL. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Con convenience always seems to be key with a lot of food choices uh, for a lot of people, it seems. And is the RSL, do they put on a good yum cha? It's decent. It's okay. I would like if someone came to Sydney, I wouldn't say you need to drive for an hour to come <laughs> to, to Castle Hill RSL <laughs> yum cha. I'd yeah. be like, oh, if you're in Haymarket, probably just find something around there. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 serviceable. It's fine. You know, they're my local, so I don't want to slag them off. But um, but you know, it's not mind altering. Yeah. Okay. It's just solid, reliable. But sometimes that's all you want from food, right? I think a lot of the time, the perfect meal is not something that is like exciting and new and crazy, but something that you know will be good. Not not like the best thing ever, but like really good. Yeah, just bankable. Yeah. And, and close. There's nothing worse than when you try and reinvent the wheel for brunch and you drive <laughs> around and it's 45 minutes to get there and then you yeah. can't park and then everyone's hangry. And then by the time you sit down, you're like, I don't even hate, I hate everyone here and I hate <laughs> brunch. What a stupid word. Yeah. Um, just get it done. I feel like the hangry thing is something that I'm realizing a lot more as I get older. Like I really need to eat at like <laughs> certain times and probably snacks in between then. Do you do you find like there is a time every day that if you haven't eaten by like 10 a.m., you're automatically hangry? No, not really. I've, I mean, I'm getting to the point now where I'm happy to skip breakfast too. Yeah, just okay. Have a, just have a coffee and move on. But... Um, yeah, I'd I, I like to eat dinner reasonably early. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know how Europeans have dinner at 10. I don't understand. I, I like the senior special. 5 p.m. dinner, oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then whatever. <laughs> and then maybe something later on. Yeah, and a snack, a midnight yeah, snack. Yeah. Um, at the Yum Cha, are there any dishes that are go-to for you? Like, these are the things you have to get every time you're there. Well, I mean, I always go with my family and my kids are quite... I mean, they're decent for kids, but they're reasonably conservative. They yeah. go for, you know, the same thing. No chicken feet. No chicken feet, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a lot of work for brunch too. Yeah. Um, mentally and physically. <laughs> Once I never get is like the, the red bean paste buns and the okay. sesame buns. You like don't the sesame get them? Paste. Well, because no one else likes them and you're not going <gasps> to eat eight of them yourself. But they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I think it's really hard to go with kids because it really, it halves the amount of things that you can eat. A lot of the time, it's just, if you have nuggets and chips, like that's a winner. Mm. But like, I think like the really delicious food, like, you know, the red bean, buns you really miss out on that but yeah well i mean my kids get a lot of just shut up and eat it as well yeah you know like and and like i said there's heaps of kids that i know that just eat nuggets and chips but you know my kids will eat vietnamese or chinese or indian or thai which is which is good you know yeah and have you had to work on that with them or were they open to it oh yeah there's been years of shut up and eat, <laughs> yeah. like, eat it or don't basically yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i mean i discovered the other day that my kids like we went to this really nice Chinese restaurant and ordered all the stuff and it came out and they ate, they ate four bucks worth of rice each and, and left everything on the table. <laughs> so now I'm like, all right, this is what we do now. Just two serve, two, eight bucks worth of rice, two spoons and then something nice for me. Yeah. That's, that's it. But that's, I mean, that's a cheap date, you know, a cheap night out. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is not a bad deal. Do, do you sometimes, like, would you want your kids at the meal or would you want it just to be, I guess, you and, you and your wife so that you really can go gung-ho and eat everything on the menu? Well, I mean, that's the problem with two people at Yamshar. It kind of limits how much you can eat yeah. as well. I mean, so the kids are there as well. You know, they take up their fair share of dumplings and... Yeah, they're like useful. They're yeah, useful. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they have value. Yeah, I find that with like <laughs> Vietnamese, Chinese, you really want a group of eight to ten people so you can have every single thing on that menu because going for one or for two people is a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. And then the weirdos that just eat like one thing to themselves. Yeah. I went out to dinner with some friends once and someone's partner 
just ate a butter chicken to themselves. Oh, like, that was it. What are you doing? Like, I, oh, that's creepy, right? That's I get it if they've got dietary requirements. Like my partner's vegan. So when we go out, like she'll eat her own thing. And a lot of the time, like that's the only reason why, how I can understand that you get your own meal. But if you're eating a butter chicken, you probably don't have any dietary requirements going yeah, on. Yeah, because everything, everything bad is in butter chicken. Yeah, everything all bad. All the dairy, all the gluten, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of the meat. I was just like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I mean, look, to each their own. But as long as the others, like, you know, eight to ten people are okay to share that one person can be on their own island that's all right it just has a weird vibe you know yeah it's just it's like i'm having dinner with a psychopath i don't know <laughs> what's going on here but yeah, yeah and they've got knives and forks it's always dangerous yeah yeah who knows what they'll do with a chopstick and they're holding their knives and forks like they're in a cartoon from the 50s as well <laughs> yeah. just end on the table pointy bit facing up you know? yeah just dangerous yeah. like a coyote-esque yeah look. napkin tucked down the front of the shirt <laughs> yeah. you're like what is this mate they anyway. keep on looking for a road runner it's bizarre <laughs> <laughs> now if you could go anywhere in the world to have a meal that would just be absolutely perfect for you so you know let's pretend that you could just teleport there do you have any meal that you've had either you know overseas or even in australia that you've been like this is something that i will remember for the rest of my life yeah, we uh, we were lucky enough to go on holiday to Europe last year. Oh, must be very nice. It was very good, yeah. Um, and we were staying in Florence, well, just outside of Florence in Tuscany. And we went for a drive up to this little village called Fiesole. Fiesole. And we yeah. kind of got there. It was that hangry thing. The kids were being annoying. It was hot. Mm. They were over it. Everyone was getting hangry. My wife and I were getting really short with each other. Yeah. We sat down and we ordered stuff and we disagreed about what we ordered. And the food came out and it was so good. It just fixed everything. All Italian food, I'm it was, sure. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was like um, Tuscan pork, like wild boar ravioli yeah. with like yellow tomato sauce. And it was just, yeah. It was one of those, you can't describe it. You just sit there and you're like, oh my God. You just overwhelmed. All the pain went away. Yeah. 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 It's, I feel like those type of meals you do remember because it's like a weight is lifted off you. Yeah. Even though really weight is coming into you. But Tuscan (laughs) pork sounds delicious in and of itself. Was that the first time that you traveled with, with the kids on a big like family overseas trip? Yeah. We'd done little trips before, like Mm. Fiji and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we strapped in and just were like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of content for your show right there. Going overseas with like young kids would just be... Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like, unfortunately for comedy, that is, heaps of it was just really pleasant. Yeah. And there's nothing funny about really pleasant, you know. No, like, you just, If you come on stage and you're like, actually, we went to Lake Bled in Slovenia where, you know, you swim in crystal clear blue waters with a uh, church <laughs> on a small island in the middle of the lake and then uh, like a medieval castle overlooking it and then we have a really nice dinner. Everyone's like... Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Get off stage, you <laughs> smug git. So Tell us something that sucked, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we lost our luggage in Frankfurt. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah. We but had a yeah. terrible time and we got like mugged on the train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is true though, because I guess comedy is, I guess, a lot of the bad things that happen in life and not a lot of the, the happiness. Um, for you, do you try and draw on a lot more everyday life? I mean, it sounds like you do for, for your Heath Franklin shows or are you trying to weave in also like current affairs and it gets a bit more political... Um, you know, jokes. No, I mean, I think I'm bad at political jokes. I've got an opinion, but usually it's like he's got a weird head <laughs> or, you know, when they talk, it's really annoying. It's it's never that insightful. There are other people who are better at it than me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I suppose the mainstay for Chopper has been how dumb are some people. Mm. And the great thing about that is people keep getting dumber and yeah. extravagant <laughs> and beautiful ways. So that's been a mainstay, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah. I don't even know what I'm 
doing is Heath. Just anything that's funny. Right? Yeah, like, I mean that. that yeah, works. it's just sort of yeah. I mean, because I guess the backbone for comedy really is is tension. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like you can't light a fire by rubbing one stick. Yeah, you need two sticks. Yeah, kind of thing Where that's where the spark comes from. So, yeah, there's got to be some sort of tension or whatever. And as I said, just talking about having a nice holiday. Is, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. There. It's not going to win you any friends. Have you ever tried to get, I guess, into a bit more dangerous situations with the idea in the back of your head, like, oh, this could be good for comedy? <laughs> uh, no, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was, there's always things to write jokes about. Yeah, that's so yeah, true. You don't need to drug yourself. Yeah, in Cambodia <laughs> yeah just to find out something funny that's happened yeah very very true um, so Tuscany does sound absolutely delicious for that meal mm. as well um, I would also add that if it was a breakfast meal and there was teleportation involved I would probably eat breakfast in Scotland okay what did you have in Scotland that was just blowing your mind uh, just just the like the array of death involved with yeah. Scottish breakfast is magnificent. Just the kill count alone. They've got like regular sausage. They've got this flat sausage called lawn, black yeah. pudding, which is amazing. Haggis, I won't hear a bad word said about it. It's an incredible breakfast food. And then eggs and stuff. But like there's nine different types of meat. Yeah. And some beans sometimes as well. Yeah, it's I guess. amazing. Growing up as more of a country boy, this would be your heaven. Yeah, I mean, especially, but like when you're over in Edinburgh doing the Fringe Festival and you wake up with a hangover. Yeah, that's a perfect like, feed. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, how many pigs died for this? And they're like, oh, two. And you're like, that's perfect. Yeah. That's the perfect number of two pigs. <laughs> how is the reception overseas for, for Chopper? Because obviously here and in New Zealand, like, you know, you won in 2018 the Melbourne Fringe, like the, the um, Comics Choice Award. Um, and people absolutely love Chopper here. But overseas, was it as relatable for those audiences? I think so. I mean, I think... I mean, the first trip I did to Edinburgh, I learned very quickly that, I mean, I was bad at writing comedy because it was my first show. And so I wrote a lot about ads and stuff in Australia. And that's when I realised that, you know, I got over there. I was like, well, you've got 15 minutes worth of material you can't use because it's all about yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, maybe writing ads about specific, I mean, writing jokes about specific ads or pop culture or events or whatever isn't as useful. I mean, it's the same, like you were saying before about topical stuff or current affairs, that comes and goes so quickly these days. Yeah, definitely. You know, if I, I had jokes about Scott Morrison being a douchebag uh, and if I said them now, people would be like, yeah, we've moved on, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we get all the We get all the references, but yeah. we've moved on. Like there's, yeah. no, there's no currency to it anymore. So yeah, it's, it was just about eliminating everything that's sort of too specific and trying to just make everything universal because yeah. you want your audience to be as big as possible. You don't want to be like, all right, you have to have seen every episode of Doctor Who to enjoy <laughs> yeah. this. To so, yeah. In. yeah. So Scotland sounds like a fantastic breakfast. I'm very excited to try it. Uh, long, long commute. Long, <laughs> long commute. All right. So you've gotten to your afternoon now. You've had a great meal, um, some yum cha. And then in the afternoon, like Ferris Bueller, you want to have a great adventure. We've had people, you know, watch a World Cup, um, like final in their backyard. Mm. We've had people, you know, have conversations with their favorite actors or actresses. For you, what would be your perfect afternoon activity on your day off? I don't know. I feel like in keeping with the Ferris Bueller's theme, um, some sort of transport needs to be stolen. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of feel like it's a rich person's private jet as well. You want a private jet for the afternoon? Yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to pay for it and I don't want to acquire it No, it's gainfully. Oh, okay. You, you want to steal No, it. if someone says, it's your fantasy day, here's a private jet, I'd be like, no. Yeah. And I'd point to someone else's and I'd say, I want that one. Yeah. And they'd be like, I'm sorry, that's Mr. Musk. And I'd be like, I want that one. Yeah, and then you just have to take it some way or another. Bolt cutters, yeah. pilot's disguise... Whatever I, I need. 
I feel like hijacking a plane though probably doesn't have the best rep. Um, maybe not something that you would. Oh, well, look, all, you said there were no parameters. No, there's, there's no, parameters. no that's all right. Stop no. me from hijacking a plane. No, there's it's no fine. parameters. You can hijack a plane. Um, obviously, you get on that plane. Where are you flying to? Or just going in circles in the air? No, no. I'd go to, I'd go to probably Wanaka in New Zealand, the South okay. Island. Yeah, and just spend the day on the jet. No, no I'd get off the jet. There. I'd crash it into a mountain. I'd, yeah. I'd land it safely and set it on fire, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In, in the middle of a, like a heart that I've drawn onto the runway yeah. out of aviation fuel. I, I love Just that. a flaming heart around <laughs> a flaming jet that I've stolen from someone. Really gone full maverick in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that, oh, that's good. Pointed at a mountain and bail out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is good. I, I love that, that idea. Are you taking anyone with you on the private jet? Like anyone that you've ever wanted to meet or is it your family or... You know, it can be it can be anyone here. Yeah, I mean, I think my wife's definitely there. Yeah, uh, kids probably. Yeah, yeah that the makes kids sense. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll love seeing dad steal a private plane. <laughs> yeah. um, I think they'd be confused as well, especially if someone's like, "You can take it," and you're like, "No, I have to steal it." Yeah, and the yeah. kids would be like, "But why?" Yeah. I mean, it's but, exciting. Isn't this a genie situation, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, and this is what we're doing. Um, yeah. No, I'd be proud of that. Yeah. I'd so, look back on that. Yeah, that. so you're taking your kids and your wife with you to, what was the name of the place? In uh, Wanaka. Wanaka. So what are you doing in Wanaka when you arrive? So obviously the plane is the gone. You've done the love heart. It's crashed into a mountain. It's in mm. flames. Um, you now just get to spend the rest of the afternoon in Wanaka. Well, I mean, Wanaka's got like, you know, a beautiful lake with mountains reflecting in it. And now there's the flaming wreckage of, <laughs> yeah, of, of, your my, plane. Of, of someone else's plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I just probably kick back and kind of go for a walk. Yeah. I, I know that doesn't sound too exciting, but just, you know, I, th- I every time it comes down to, you know, what would I like to do on holiday? Just go for a walk somewhere nice. Yeah. In nature. Beautiful scenery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would have had a lot of that last year as well. Was there anywhere that stood out for you when you were overseas that you, you were in a scene and, and like a scenery and you were just like, this is just something that I can't comprehend because it's so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, once again, Slovenia was pretty amazing. Mm. And that, I mean, I, because I like, um, you know, my wife likes the beach and stuff like that. So we went to Croatia, which was absolutely mind blowing. Um, but yeah, I like mountains and lakes yeah. and alpine sort of things. And I'd been to Switzerland before with my parents ages ago, but I know that Switzerland's brutally expensive. It really is. So I just Googled, is there a cheap Switzerland? <laughs> and you came up and with Slovenia. Slovenia came up and Slovenia is awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's better than being a cheap Switzerland too. It's just yeah. a really cool place. It's yeah. just beautiful. Mm. Yeah. That sounds great. I feel like spending time in nature is also really just especially if you've you know gotten rid of all of the plane and the technology, just being around it is really calming, yeah, especially yeah. for an afternoon when you, you want like the perfect day, being in nature really revitalizes you in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine if there was enough fuel in the private jet, I'd probably make for somewhere like Colorado yeah, or you can Washington do that. State. Or There's enough like fuel that. in the jet. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I mean, is it still going to explode in a satisfying way? Obviously. Is there, do we have to refuel before we crash it into the mountain? Uh, no, it's got, a, it's, it's got enough fuel that you don't have to worry about that. Okay, cool, um, yeah. I guess I wanted to ask as well, do you know how to fly a plane? No, not at all. Is this, your fir- is this going to be your first time flying or are you going to get someone to, to fly the plane? Because obviously, perfect day, you could just be an awesome pilot as well. Yeah, let's add that to it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. There's something cool about figuring it out. Yeah. Maybe, you know, 
my wife's in the co-pilot seat. She's like, have you got it yet? I'm like, just give me a second. And <laughs> the kids are getting restless in the back. I'm like, Everyone's oh, hangry again. Just give them their iPads. And yeah, yeah, everyone's getting hangry. And yeah. I'm turning engines on and they're blowing up or whatever. <laughs> Actually, no, skip that. Let's go straight to me flying it like an ice. Yeah, that's Yeah, cool. okay. Well, I was going to say as well, maybe you want to just be in the back seat so you can enjoy the champagne, but you can always just have the champagne in the front. In this perfect day, Actually, yeah, you're, you're drinking right. as much as possible and it you know, doesn't increase. You're still 0% blood alcohol. Yeah, I think the ideal scenario is if I might force my way onto the plane and then do something incredibly endearing straight away, so the pilot and all the kind of the stewards are on my side. They're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, they love you. yeah, this guy's our new boss. The other guy sucks. Yeah. We'll go wherever you like. Like a weird kind of Stockholm syndrome, but with like really friendly and really quick. Yeah. To get into seconds. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You offer them, you know, a cute puppy and they're like, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Puppies on the plane. Beautiful. Yeah, that's it. great. Everyone's excited. Everyone's got a puppy. That. So you'd, you'd go to Colorado. Do you think? Got to remember to take the puppies off the plane before we crash into the mountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely, definitely. RSPCA would not be a fan oh, of that yeah, at they, all. It would change the kids' day a lot. Yeah. As well. Have you hiked in Colorado before? You mentioned it. No, I haven't. Yeah, the Rocky Mountains do seem absolutely stunning. I've never mm. been there myself, but is it on top of the bucket list at the moment? It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Like, like probably Canada. Um, yeah, Washington State, Oregon, Colorado. I mean, I've, like Wyoming looks amazing as well. But yeah, the cannabis laws in the other states make them slightly more appealing yeah make them more exciting definitely are you a big hiker like have you been into it for a while uh you know walking in nature or is this something you discovered later in life no it's definitely an old person thing yeah yeah like yeah when i was younger i used to play sport and then i think in my my 30s you know we got a dog and a house and i'd be sitting around at home all day with a dog and be like why don't we just walk somewhere and he'd look at me and be like yeah good idea dude (laughs) so yeah we just started going for longer and longer walks and you know you just listen to music you got a bit of time in your own head yeah i find that it's really it clears your mind a lot you know you just you're in your own world and i feel like especially with the way headphones are nowadays Mm. you can just really just be disconnected from everything you know you put your phone on airplane mode just listen to a podcast or some music something really again revitalizing about that yeah 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 but yeah i mean i think i think there's a kind of restlessness of being young where you think you don't like walks but i think everyone does i mean it's always like i was like hey kids we're going for a walk and they're like no i don't want to go for a walk and then when they get out there they love it you know yeah. they're throwing sticks at trees or you know karate chopping thistles down <laughs> like they, they find stuff to do but yeah like I think my one piece of life advice is every time I've been anywhere, a bunch of people sitting around a house and someone goes, I'm going for a walk to X, Y, and Z. The people who go for a walk always have a better time than the people who just sit around the house. Yeah. 100%. They always meet a weirdo or something cool happens. But yeah. Yeah, I guess adventures happen when you're not sitting in your house, which we found out very quickly from COVID. As yeah, exciting yeah. as it was for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that sounds pretty... Fa- oh, no. I've got some bad news it's actually, it's your boss uh, from Woolies. He's called you up and he said, listen, mm. I saw on the news that you, you crashed a plane into the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, do what I want. I thought, I thought you said you were sick. What's going on? I'm not sick. I'm sick of you, you jerk. <laughs> Take that. And then they'll be like, oh, but don't you want a reference? I'm like, a reference from Woolies? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah. Not worth Heath it. Heath can identify a tomato. Congratulations. Yeah. You can get that from any job. I love that. Look, um, You've managed to get out of work for the day. Let me just recap what your perfect day was You, was I, I still for haven't you. finished it off. Okay, sorry. There's more to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go on. Uh, then I'll probably walk down a hill, lakeside somewhere. There'd be a stage set up and then uh, two of my favorite bands would play a good, decent set. Okay, um, what are yeah. the two bands? Probably be the Phoenix Foundation Yeah. Uh, from New Zealand and Ballpark Music. 
Okay. These are the legends from Brizzy. Yeah, I, I'm a massive ballpark music fan. Um, have you been a fan of them for a while or, or recently? No, like two or three years ago, I was in the car and I flipped it over to Triple J mm. and they were playing Rich People Are Stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like the theme of this song. I like the music of it. Yeah. And yeah, so I got their first album and then I was like, this is awesome. And then I discovered they had six or seven other albums. I was like, oh, I'm in heaven. Yeah. They've put out a lot. I actually heard an interview with them the other day where they're saying now they have such an issue with their shows as to like what songs to play because there's just so many bangers. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen them live? Yeah, I think they probably account for the last three or four concerts I've been to. I love that. Now yeah. that I'm like an old man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we went to see them in Newcastle just before COVID kicked off really yeah. hard. And it was at a festival. And all the kids would absolutely munter, just eyes like saucers, but having an awesome time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, the future's in good hands. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're an absolutely fantastic band. Mm. And Phoenix Foundation, I don't know much about them. Uh, are you a long-term fan of them or discovered them randomly when you were in New Zealand? Yeah, just discovered them randomly in New Zealand. I went into a CD shop and this really helpful, excited guy pulled out a bunch of stuff and I heard the first 10 seconds of one of their albums and I was like I'm absolutely buying this yeah that's awesome yeah yeah I feel like sometimes with music you just need someone to tell you hey this is great listen to it and then as soon as you like click into it you're like yeah this is the best thing I've ever heard thank yeah, you yeah yeah that's awesome those two bands are playing a concert I mean that sounds great who's opening and who's closing or are they playing separate sets in the sense that they're both headliners well i guess they're co-headlining but i don't know what order you'd see them in yeah maybe one song each and they just i, mean, I think phoenix foundation are older and hopefully they wouldn't be insulted if i said they'd probably want to get to bed a bit earlier yeah that's probably fair you know or wind start winding down a bit earlier yeah i mean the dudes from ballpark and kick on a little bit longer yeah their, their shows are like two hours now just yeah. their set so what song would you want them to finish on? If you could pick any of their songs, what song would you want to be the final encore song to finish off your perfect sick day as well? Oh, uh, so ballpark music would be Riding Hand off the new album. Yeah. Because that is an absolute banger. It is and, such a banger. Um, Phoenix Foundation, that'd be a tough one. Um, they've got a song called Give Up Your Dreams, which would be pretty cool, I reckon. Oh. Which is also a bit ironic, I guess, because this is your dream day. Um, so you very much haven't given up your dreams at yeah, all. Yeah, that's a good point. Just the delicious <laughs> irony of it would make it perfect. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love that. Okay, and is, and then do you magically commandeer another jet and fly your way home? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I like but that. But this time I'm drinking whiskey. <laughs> yeah, to finish off on yeah, the rocks, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds absolutely fantastic. Okay. Let me recap to you your perfect sick day. All right. So it starts off pretty terribly because you're in Woolworths under the new boss in the fruit mm. and veg section, but you get out of it because a parent hasn't actually died, but you pretend that they have. Yeah. So you've got, you've got a week of mourning that you really have to yeah, get through. Yeah, yeah. You then listen to the song to pump you up, Heaven's Going to Burn Your Eyes by Thievery Corporation, which mm -hmm. is a great pump up song. Starts off slow, but really gets you in the mood. Yeah. And then you're ready for some yum cha, but you don't want to go too far. So you go to the Castle Hill RSL yum cha. Yeah, yeah, now that, now that you're saying <laughs> now i love it i i great i think that's a great option um and then then things get really exciting so you commandeer a plane even though they're going to give it to you they say heath you can take it, it it's fine and you're like no i have to steal it show my kids i'm a top boss you you get the plane mm. you learn magically how to drive it there's puppies on the plane because you've managed to convince everyone that you're the best um <laughs> which is great yeah you then fly it not sure where yet maybe new zealand maybe colorado Maybe two stops. Who knows? Um, yeah, probably. I, I'm probably Colorado. Okay, let's go yeah, Colorado, yeah. and then you're just doing a beautiful walk around the scenery, just soaking it in. No puppies died in the crash. <laughs> no puppies died in the crash yeah. after you've, you know, got the plane into the mountain. 
with the love heart around it that's in fire. But then, you know, you stop your walk because you see the Phoenix Foundation and Ballpark Music are playing a live gig for you. Mm. Um, and then they, they, you finish the night with Riding Hand by Ballpark Music. Yeah. How does that sound as your perfect day off? Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. It sounds fantastic. Are you having Ballpark Music come on the plane with you home as well? Nah, I've, I've, I, don't, I always feel like you don't mate. Your heroes. Your heroes. Yeah. Because like, then they find out that like I'm a jerk or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man, it's much better to be mysterious where there's some benevolent dude. Yeah. Some benevolent eccentric with some sort of genie like access <laughs> access to wishes, flies them to Colorado for yeah. a gig and then flies them home again and they don't have to because there's nothing worse. I do corporate gigs all the time and they're like, Are you gonna have lunch with us afterwards? I'm like, No, I'm not because <laughs> the only disappointment awaits us. Yeah, that's so if you sad. sit down with me, you will find out I'm massively underwhelming as a human <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to ruin the mythology so Look, let's just go our separate ways I think this conversation definitely proves that theory wrong but I agree you want them to be in awe of you as you're driving as you're flying off in the plane they're just looking up and be like who the hell was that man who's that man I what? think I love him yeah, was that was that D.B. Cooper was that <laughs> Just an awesome, awesome, awesome day. Um, Heath, thank you so much for joining Chucking a Siki. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So that was the first ever episode of Chucking a Siki. I absolutely loved Heath's answers, especially his adventure in the afternoon. I thought it was definitely one of the most creative that we've had so far. Really used his imagination. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the episode, you can see Heath Franklin. He is performing his new show, out of character, all across Australia. You can see him at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April, at the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 17th to the 21st of May, and then at the Brisbane Comedy Festival to finish it all off on the 25th to the 28th of May. Check out, links to his tickets are below. But thank you so much for joining us for the first ever episode of Chucking a Sicky. I've had a great time doing it. I hope you have too. If you like the show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a rating. And join us next week for another fantastic, perfect day off on Chuckin' a Sicky. You got my answering machine. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm Chuckin' a Sicky. Oh shit, I was.